0: Episode 63, Joe, we are back. Finally, it's been a little hiatus been a while. for us. We've been been a while. Got, had a lot of <laughs> stuff going on. Good to be back though, I have a different background for those watching on YouTube that might see. I'm not know, Peter, fully... You look like you're
1: in a hostage video right now. Well,
0: <laughs> I'm not fully blacked out because at least the Ravens won. You know, okay. if Pama and the Ravens lost, I'd just be totally doing the show. You couldn't even <laughs> see me. But because one of them at least came through, uh, you-, you can partly see me. But yeah, I moved in my new place in Virginia. You're still in Florida as of right
1: now. Still in Florida as of right now, things are going well, enjoying it and getting into the fall season, even though there is no fall season because the weather is still 85 degrees every single day, which I hate, but um, we'll get home November 23rd, November 23rd, we're back in the area for a few months, enjoy a nice off season, uh, Beautiful. we can, we can get, get together obviously and uh, get out to the Caps, my girlfriend and, and her roommate and her roommate's boyfriend are going to um, to Caps Rangers opening night tomorrow night. Mm. Uh, so it's, I'm, I'm, I'm missing out down here, but I'll be back soon enough. Hockey now on TNT and ESPN. It's going to be, uh,
0: something to get used to. Oh yeah. So it is October. Obviously football is, we're starting to figure out more and more about teams, but because it's October, we got to start with baseball. We know one team that will be playing in one of the championship series. That is the Red Sox. Joe, were you – Actually, too. We're good with the Astros now. We got that matchup set. Very, that's Ooh. very true. That is correct. So the Astros and the Red Sox, I think a lot of people expected the Astros to be there. Um, Red Sox, though, I don't know about you. I-, I was pretty surprised. Not only that they won, but they won it four games. Um, but we've kind of seen this in baseball, that these teams that make it out of the wild card, much like the NFL, they make it out of wild card weekend. Some of them get hot, win another game and the Red Sox have just kept with it, what chances do you give them against Houston?
1: Oh, man. I, the, so we have to get out of the mindset of the Astros of thinking they're just a cheating team, right? The analogy to use is Barry Bonds. They are Barry Bonds in the form of a team. Barry Bonds was an incredible 5 a player before he cheated. Then he cheated and became unstoppable, and that's what people remember. But he was great before that. Now, there was no post-cheating for Barry Bonds because he did it the rest of his career and then he retired. But the Astros, they were great before that. They did that, which made them unstoppable. And now they allegedly stopped doing it again. And they're still great because they're, at their core, a really great, talented baseball team. Um, Top to bottom, they're better than the Red Sox. The Red Sox bullpen showed their flaws big time against the Rays. They pieced it together, got it done. Overall, Astros are a better team. I just have a hard time picking against Alex Cora right now. It's like, I'm torn because wow. you, look at his, you look at his record. You look at the way those guys play for him going back up against the Astros where he came from. Um, I, I'm not saying I'm picking the Red Sox. I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely leaning the Astros, but like, it's not as heavily of an Astros lean as I think people, as I think people think, if that makes sense. Like the, the, Public perception is certainly going to be the Astros, and I think rightfully so, and I lean that way too. But if people think it's maybe a 70-30 gap in favor of the Astros, just to, to, uh, to, to put it out there numerically, probably realistically closer to 55-45, way closer than people think.
0: You know, I think, I think Houston's going to win the World Series. Their starting pitching is still a big question mark for me, um, but McCullers looks like he can be the ace of that staff. The thing that I think Boston got fortunate with, Tampa Bay obviously losing all that starting pitching, Snell, Glasnow, and Charlie Morton, it caught up with them in the playoffs. They just, you know, they had good starting pitching, but they just didn't have those guys that they could lean on for five and six and then turn over that bullpen. Their lineup, too, after Rosarena and Franco, who are just ridiculous, the one-two, you know guys like Nelson Cruz, who you count on, Kiermeyer. Red allowed it to have a hit. You never hit. They just didn't come through. And you look at Houston's lineup and all that playoff experience and guys like Yuli Gurriel, who bats six in that lineup, who's yeah. the AL batting champ. I mean, you so, got
1: Kyle Tucker batting seventh. You've got, I mean, it's crazy. It's it's absolutely absurd. So
0: I, I just, you know, the Red Sox the, the, right now they got all it's a lot like their world series year all these guys that they picked up at the deadline like Schwarber and uh who they got a couple years ago are producing for them and that's what you need in the playoffs but it's tough for me to, to see now that this these series are going seven games when you get to this round tough for me to see a team beating uh Houston seven times so I'd give the edge to the Astros right now I'd say I think they take them in six games but uh You know, we've seen this from Boston over the last decade. They just, they get into the playoffs and then they just, they find ways. And Fenway is obviously one of the best scenes in sports come playoff time. Fenway, Wrigley, those, all those old ballparks are so good. So it'll be a great series. But uh, man, tough for me to bet against Houston with that, with that lineup. They're, they're,
1: absolutely. PJ, it's the fifth straight ALCS that the Astros are in. Like, I think that gets lost amid the cheating and and everything, but they've made it to the ALCS five consecutive times it's absolutely incredible and this is again like coming off the heels of their massive rebuild remember the sports illustrated cover way back when that predicted them as world series champs in the year that they ultimately did win the world series and yeah and they just i mean it's been ho-hum like they're there every single year they are what the chiefs have become in football where all right you know they're making the title game you know they're making the lcs like it's just it's just happening there's nothing you can do to stop it Come hell or high water, the Astros are going to be there. Question is, will they get two of the World Series? If they get there, will they win it, like when they lost to the Nationals? That's a different question. But they will be in the LCS Series, um, and there's there's almost no stopping them. So it's, it's going to be a great series. On the other side, things are still obviously not set yet. As we we're recording this, the Brewers are up 4-2 to two in the top of the fifth on the Braves, um, and it is, could still go either way. Uh, Dodgers-Giants has been incredible. It feels like a heavyweight fight. Uh, it feels like that should be the World Series, and it'll never happen, but it almost makes you wish like they they would recede when you get to the playoffs. I know it's different because of travel, and and it's got to be logistically sound, and there's got to be an AL and an NL, but if you could have it where you would have made them one and two on separate sides of a bracket and play seven games for the World Series, those two teams, like it would have been awesome. Um, but uh, it's been a terrific, terrific series so far between those two teams.
0: I said the Astros would win the World Series, but – When the Giants shut out the Dodgers twice in three games, that gets my attention. When you do that to that offense, their pitching is the real deal. And much like the Red Sox, they just got these veteran guys, Evan Longoria, Posey, Crawford, who've been there forever. And they haven't been to the playoffs in a couple of years. And it's just rejuvenated them. And they got these young pitchers that are just ridiculous um, I like the Dodgers tonight. I just I can't see them dropping both at home, and then I think we are set up for an epic game five on Thursday night. That will yeah. be phenomenal. Yeah, I but, wonder who hey, it it'll be, the Dodgers it'll be too. I
1: guess uh, I guess if they get to a game five, Urias probably goes because Scherzer would would not be available. Yeah, Euler is I, starting I think be tonight. Urias and Gosling, probably. So that's that's probably what it would be, and that would be. And be <laughs> you, you gotta be sitting on your couch for the entire nine or more innings for that one. Uh, there's no way around that. And look, I'm, I'm at the point where I hope, I hope we get a Dodgers Astros world series and run it back um, with fans in the stands. The bat, the animosity we saw at, at Dodger stadium in the regular season, when people were throwing the trash cans on the field, give me that in the world series. And I will be a very, very happy, man. Have Joe
0: Kelly just start awesome. all seven games? that would start all seven.
1: Awesome. I, I mean, it, it would not get better than that. Um, <laughs> we still got a ways to go, and look, the Giants are great too. I tell you what, the MLB is probably very happy though that that at least the Rays are eliminated because Rays Giants would have been a ratings nightmare, and that's probably the first time in the history of sports that the two number one seeds meeting each other would have been the lowest possible ratings combination of any of the permutations of possible matchups.
0: I think maybe Milwaukee and and Tampa probably would have been, would have been lower. Yeah,
1: I guess, I guess so. I can see that. I can see that. I do
0: see what you're saying. I mean, they're obviously hoping for Dodgers Astros that would that would bring a lot of people. All right, Joe college football talk. Now it's been a crazy season we're we're approaching week seven already crazy A lot going on so georgia i told you after bama struggled florida and georgia was just ridiculously impressive against i can't remember who it was
1: but arkansas they, all, everybody they, they big, beat the crap out everybody. of whatever yeah. it was um whatever they've played they've beaten the crap out of this year so it could have been anybody <laughs> they're the best team they're
0: they're gonna win the national title I their defense is
1: absurd I can't see
0: I can't see anybody else beating them. Uh, but where it gets real interesting is who makes the playoff because Iowa's number two. The big debate is Cincinnati at three, and do they control their own destiny? Personally, I don't think they do. They need Georgia to beat Alabama. They need Alabama to lose again. They need one SEC team again in because if Bama runs the table, they're going to be in. If they beat Georgia, beat Auburn, beat Arkansas, they're in. Um, the Big Ten. Obviously, the Big Ten East is ridiculous. You have Michigan State, Michigan, who are still undefeated. Ohio State, Penn State have one loss. That's going to work itself out. I think most people would agree that Ohio State's still probably the best team. They didn't play well against Oregon. Um, I'm still Penn State's in Iowa. good.
1: But no, I think it's Iowa. I think Iowa's the best team in the Big Ten. I'm I mean, in the Big Ten East. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Big Ten East. There you go. Go ahead. Big Ten East. Um, yeah, Iowa's I very good. But, see, that's where it gets interesting is the Big Ten because – you know, what happens if you have Ohio State who meets undefeated Iowa in the Big Ten championship game and Ohio State beats Iowa? What happens there? What happens if Oregon runs the table? They have that one loss, but they beat Ohio State. So Cincinnati still got some people to root for, which is unfortunate for them because they beat Notre Dame, which they had to do. They beat Indiana. They still have SMU on their schedule as undefeated right now. That could be another great win down the road. Um, but to me, the the big deciding factor through all of this is if Alabama plays Georgia in the SEC championship game, and Bama has one loss and then what the big 10 title game looks like is Iowa undefeated. And does the team from the big 10 East have zero losses? Does Michigan state or Michigan make it, or is it a one loss team? Um, to me that, that plays a factor in everything. Oklahoma, I mean, look, they're undefeated. They're going to lose. I, I think they they're going to
1: lose. They, they're playing dangerously with it. They, 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 they are. Lose. They
0: are. But, I mean, you look at the rest of their schedule, and, again, I know their schedule hasn't been great to start. They're skating by everybody. Yeah. But uh, making this change at quarterback, when you win a game like that against Texas, um, maybe, maybe it flips something for you. But uh, I'm rooting for Cincinnati. You know, college football, it's just we've been – come so accustomed to the same four or five teams it'd be nice to get some fresh blood in there and uh i i hope they make it but if you're a cincinnati fan i i still think you have plenty to root for here down the uh last couple of months
1: absolutely i mean it, I, again i think oklahoma trips up because whether it's on the road at baylor um whether it's against iowa state who they lost to last year whether it's on the road against a now all of a sudden quietly quietly 12th ranked Oklahoma state to end the season undefeated Um, too. Yeah. undefeated as well Um, at Baylor at Oklahoma state and the sandwich game in the middle there is home Iowa state. I, I can't see them running the gamut of those three games without a loss. If they do tip of the cap, good job, Oklahoma. You're in the playoff probably regardless of what you do in the big 12 title game. I mean, if you're undefeated, Uh, and and your only loss is in a Big 12 title game to a team who you've already beaten at some point, uh, it it probably still gets you in with one loss depending on everything else. So they get through those three games, they're good. Again, I don't think they get through those three games. That's a different story. Big 10, like you said, is very interesting. Um, I'm not going to rehash the same points because I'll make the exact same points. It'll probably play itself out. The biggest question, though, to me is, can, I'm sorry, will the college football playoff committee mirror the ap poll when that starts because the ap poll is one thing it's all fine and dandy right now all that matters at the end of the day is the cfp polls um so i i really kind of reserve judgment on whether or not Cincy controls until i see that come out that's fair because i could very much see depending on how these next couple weeks go before that first ranking is unveiled i could very much see the college football playoff committee putting Cincy at five to kind of cover their tracks. Um, and because if, if they put Cincy in the top four and Cincy runs the table, they have no excuse not to put Cincy in the college football playoff. So uh, I'm afraid that they might put them at five and leave that door open. Maybe they go Georgia, Iowa, Oklahoma, and a one loss Bama before Cincy at five or Even go as far as putting them sixth behind a one loss Bama and a one loss Ohio State. I'm afraid of that. But if that doesn't happen, if they are in the top four, when that ranking comes out, they absolutely control their own destiny because it would be a horrific look for the College Football Playoff Committee if they put Cincy in the top four to start off the ranking and then have Cincy run the table only to not make it. Then it would be all right, what the hell do we have to do to be in as a group of five teams? We've had a UCF undefeated didn't get in. We've had, you know, plenty of of stellar runs here from Cincinnati now and another one on the way this year. If they didn't get in after that, they're never getting in. Forget it. You might as well call it, it, you know, I, I don't know, something else, not the college football playoff. It's it's rigged at that point. They, you, you, not everybody else has a chance, and it's, it's total BS if that happens. So that's what I'm looking for the most. But we live in a world in which Iowa is number two and Cincinnati is number three. Can we appreciate that?
0: I was going to say, we, we if that's a semifinal, second? one of those That'd teams awesome. playing for the title.
1: <laughs> that would be absolutely incredible, especially considering, like you said before, the fact that we keep seeing the same teams every year. Uh, and the fact of the matter is none of this matters because Georgia is by far for the best Yo,
0: team they're playing undefeated number 11 Kentucky they're favored by 23 and a half. and is anybody rushing to the window to bet Kentucky
1: what would you say as of this moment October 12th 739 and 24 seconds would the spread be if Georgia met Alabama on a neutral site
0: because it's Alabama I think it'd be three and a half it should be six and a half seven mm-hmm. but I think because it's Alabama it'd be three and a half Knowing the desperation that they would have going into that game, but Georgia would have just as much because they right. wouldn't want to see him again right. They know they can knock him out. obviously the last two times they've met, they've had them and Bama beat them when they had no business of doing it but I'm really that's a good question. I think it'd be around three and a half four um, but it, it should be six and a half seven. Joe Bama Bama reminds me a lot of the chiefs on offense yes. in the sense that they have two weapons, Brian Robinson and Jamison Williams, just like the Chiefs, Kelsey and Hill. And outside of that, there's not much. Their defense isn't as bad as the Chiefs. Not a lot of teams are. But uh, th- their defense is not as good as what we thought. I'll tell you
1: them. what, their defense might be better than the Chiefs with a bunch of college players right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure. um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, Bama's not – look, I don't even think Bama beats Auburn at the end of the year. I, wow. I just watch Bama play. That I know it tasted like different.
1: garbage to come out of your mouth to say that. <laughs> they always struggle. They always
0: struggle with Jordan Hare. And I just, I watch this team and, and I just, I, I know that that's a game they will struggle with. Would not shock me if they lose. If they somehow get by that, I mean, I try to think to myself, like, what, what ways can they beat Georgia? And I just look at Georgia's defense and I don't think they score more than 17 points at, yeah. at best. George has given up two touchdowns all year. It's their defense is just you can't run on them, you can't throw on them. Uh, their quarterback play has been good enough. They're only, I mean, they don't even have some of their receivers back. Pickens isn't even back yet. So uh, George is on a mission now. The one thing I'll say, Joe, is that in college football, man, when it's so, sometimes when it just looks too easy, it never right. is. We all thought it was Georgia-Bama in the natty, and we thought there was nothing stopping that. And with the way A&M looked, and then here we are. So, right. again, I, I, I can't see anyone outside of Bama even getting Georgia a game. But, uh, look, at the end of the day, these are 18-, 19-year-old kids. Y- you never know what could happen. But uh, this is the best defense I've seen since, like, 2009-10 Alabama LSU defense. I mean, it's just
1: – You're right. 100% right. I don't ridiculous. see anything, anything wrong with what you said. Um, the thing that I would uh, say here as well, um, because of how high Iowa and Cincinnati are, I don't think we could sit here and try to reinvent the wheel and think about who else might crash the party. Um, just because Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, they're going to cannibalize each other. Um, Oregon, you know, you know Oregon is losing another random patch on like Friday night against in Corvallis or something they're losing 100%. another game so yeah. I'm not even considering the possibility of the Ducks um about to lose to Georgia Oklahoma State they always trip up Ole Miss already has a loss I'm just going down now 14 Notre Dame they already have a loss and they've looked unimpressive in their wins except for against Wisconsin who now all of a sudden looks terrible um so how impressive really is beating Wisconsin yeah you go to Coastal Carolina at 6-0 and all right fine but the fact that Cincinnati is a group of five team, was unbeaten, negates any case that Coastal Carolina has. If a group of five team is getting in, it's going to be Cincinnati, not Coastal Carolina. So you start looking down the list, and there's not a single team um, outside of those those top few who can now crash the party. The party crashers are already in the mix in Iowa at two and Cincinnati at three. I mean, maybe Sparty or Michigan uh, surprise and be that team out of the Big Ten but there's not going to be any others for nobody right now, presently outside of the top 10 has a chance at making the national title
0: game. 100%. Um, Now it's Tuesday. As you look at the board in college football, one or two games, are there any that kind of catch your eye that you have a lean on that you might be betting?
1: Um, You know, I haven't looked at some of the numbers yet again, just because we're recording this on Tuesday and um, like we did a couple of weeks ago, it's tough to start kind of weighing your options as far as a pick that you want to have this early in the week, just because things are going to change so much. The numbers are going to move. Um, Clemson has been very unimpressive this year and it's minus 14 on the road against Cuse. Cuse is not great, but they just took Wake Forest to overtime yeah. uh, and gave them all they can handle at home. I wouldn't be stunned if Cuse covered that game. I'm looking at that game. If Cuse stays um, where it's 14 or 14 and a half. Um, and then beyond that, I, I think um, Michigan state at Indiana only three and a half intrigues me just because I've watched them both play a bunch this year. And I don't, I still think there is this kind of false sense of hype around Indiana. Even though good. they have lost, they're not a good team. No, and they I don't have headaches now. Yeah. Yeah. He's gone. So um, I, I think three and a half is a comfortable number for me there. I'm uh, just continuing to go down the board here. Since um, he is, 20 and a half at home against UCF. I could totally see Cincy at this point, need, needing all the style points they can get, that to me screams like 42 to 10, 49 to 13, like something massive. So those are the couple that, that did stick out to me. Um, and Oklahoma state at Texas, Oklahoma state is plus five and a half. I think Oklahoma state wins outright as a dog. There's a big time hangover there for Texas losing the red river showdown the way you did um, big time hangover. Don't care that they're home. I like Oklahoma State outright in that game.
0: A couple that caught my eye, I like where you're at with the hangover. I'm going to Texas A&M, I I think, right? I mean, you just beat Bama. You have that monumental win. But at the end of the day, you're 1-2 and in the SEC. Like, that was your Super Bowl. That's the game you are getting up for. Now you have to go on the road, play an 11 o'clock central kick against Missouri. Missouri's 0-6 against the spread this season, so they're due. Uh, A&M's laying eight and a half. So I could see that possibly being a play for me. Um, I I could probably maybe talk myself into Purdue plus 11 and a half against Iowa. I feel like Iowa has had so many national spotlight games this season. And that's when they always cover when the spreads are close, they always cover in a game like this though, where it kind of gets lost in the dust, like, Oh, they're number two. They really don't have a marquee game this week. I could see Purdue maybe losing that 24-17, losing by 7, losing by 10, keeping it close. Um, And then one more that kind of caught my eye, which uh, I thought was very interesting. You talked about them a moment ago, but Wisconsin minus 14 against Army. If Army's playing a team with a great offense like Oklahoma, who wants to get up and down, I love Army. But they're going against Wisconsin, who's got such a good run defense. And Jim Leonard has him so well coached. And a team like Army that relies so much on getting the first step after you snap the ball, getting those quick reads, I I think Wisconsin's going to blow that up. I think that could be a 21-3 kind of game. Um, And then Pac-12 game late at night. Washington's laying two at home against UCLA. Don't really understand why. I think UCLA is a better team. Uh, so I could see them winning that one outright. Don't really love the College Board this week. Games. Well, really I loved it there. last
1: week. I was big on it last week, but this week not as much.
0: And you know, I mean, again, the marquee game of the week is Georgia and Kentucky, and Georgia's laying three touchdowns. So, yeah, it's not. Uh, in a couple weeks, though, the, the, once all these Big Ten East teams start playing each other, that's going to get uh, interesting. The, the then the season really gets good. Joe, Absolutely. all right, over now to the NFL. And uh, I mean, we had some ridiculous NFL games (laughs) this uh, past week. Could argue maybe which one was the best. Uh, The the Chargers Browns game was just absolutely donkulous. Those two teams, Chargers are for real. Um, Brandon Staley, this attitude that he's brought to the Chargers
1: uh, of just no fear. Just like going (laughs) forward on fourth and two from your own like 20. Down 10 14. minutes in the third. Yeah, that, that was nuts, and it worked.
0: <laughs> he just, you know, he's big on the analytics. And, uh, look, he realizes how good Herbert is. He, he trusts his offense. to If they have four cracks at it, they're going to get 10 yards. So far, it's working out for him. I do question, though, Staley, down the stretch these last two weeks, his coaching decisions have blown my mind. So, against Kansas City, they – there were 30 seconds left. You were down by one. Kansas City has one timeout, and they throw a pass. Not only do they not even run. First of all, you should have taken a knee, and then you, you have a 20-yard field goal. They throw a pass. Now they score a touchdown, and they win the game, but nobody talks about that. But I'm just like, what are you doing? And then this week against the Browns, they give it off to Eckler, and he gets pushed into the end zone. It gives the Brown a chance when all he could have done was just taken a knee and kicked the field goal. So, look, it's worked out for him, so nobody just about it. But sooner or later, that stuff's going to catch up to you. So, especially on the heels of Anthony Lynn. And the fact that he's managing games like this. I mean, everybody falls in love with the fourth down conversions and everything. But, my goodness, this dude's late clock situation awareness. I'm like, Stanley, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> He'll figure it out, you'd think. I mean, he's got all this other stuff figured out. So, you could again, like you said – you could forgive it while it's working, but then things will change from there if they start not working. But uh, Yeah, uh, I mean, that, that was just uh, – This is this is a point now where I think Justin Herbert is yeah, – he's there. He is number one or two or three in the league, and you're just going to put the faith in him, whether it's first, second, third, fourth, or fifth down. You're putting the ball in Justin Herbert's hands. I don't think I've saying, ever been it.
0: more wrong about a Me prospect too. than Herbert. Me too.
1: I, I did not. When he was coming out, I said, you know what? he he's in that Oregon offense it's a lot of like pistol and spread and the accuracy isn't good and like his decision making is questionable um I've never seen a player eradicate all of those issues so quickly if you roll on his NFL tape as a rookie not even this year where he's taking even more strides take put on his tape as a rookie put that side by side between his last year at Oregon You'd question if you were watching the same player. Josh Allen, he has grown exponentially as well. But if you took Josh Allen's senior year, Wyoming, and put that next to Josh Allen rookie year, looked pretty similar. If You took rookie year and put it next to second year, pretty similar. Better, but similar. Then he had the big jump between year two and year three. But again, from, from final year Oregon to rookie year NFL, never have I seen a player make that much of a jump. Unrecognizable. The mistakes he made were already fixed. He's, he's all, I mean, look, we're at the point where it's probably a legitimate question that Jimmy Johnson answered uh, on, on Fox NFL Sunday the other day. If you were drafting from scratch right now, Mahomes or Herbert, who's number one? You actually might think about that for a second. I'm still picking Mahomes, right. still picking Mahomes, but it's not the slam dunk it was two months ago. I'll say that much. That's for sure. It's, it's not the same slam dunk. It was two months ago. Um, and and for me, those two are in a class of themselves right now. Um, like nipping on the heels of that certainly have Josh Allen, certainly have Kyler Murray. I'll throw Lamar Jackson in there for you, even though he doesn't belong in that conversation just quite yet. (laughs) Did Um, you watch
0: that game last night?
1: I did. I did. (laughs) He is, he continues to prove all the things that I say about him. His highs are ridiculously high but it wouldn't stun me in the slightest if he came out next week and had a 52% completion percentage, 180 yards and two picks. Like until there is kind of a, a more of a baseline for him. Yeah. I'm not putting him in the same category as Josh Allen, Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. But again, his, the highest of his high, look, his MVP season is the best season in NFL history. But then he followed it up last year with a dip and, you know, we'll, we'll see where he set where that airplane ride kind of settles in. Um, but, yeah, right now, back to the main point is Herbert and Mahomes. It's right there. And, PJ, the Chiefs are 2-3. and three. They only have one more win than the Jets right now.
0: Joe, <laughs> no, like, so that's what, you know, I was thinking about the Ravens and how they're 4-1 this season. They should be 1-4. and four. And how now that Chiefs win all of a sudden isn't looking great. And if the Chiefs are going to make it to the Super Bowl this year, they're going to have to go on the road. They've lost to the Ravens. They've lost to the Chargers. And they've lost to the Bills. Like, yeah. Bills are getting the number one seed. I oh, think yeah. that's pretty – I mean, I don't see anybody – they're going to win 14 games this year.
1: At the least. They're um, the best team. Their defense is phenomenal. We talk about Allen and the offense. They have the best defense in the NFL. They're,
0: they're, they're sensational. Um, on the NFC side, are you buying Arizona as the best team yet? They're undefeated. Yeah. No, I'm, they're five I'm,
1: I'm bought in. Uh, oh, I'm bought are? in. Um, the, the way they came out and played against the Rams – Granted, there was maybe a little bit of a hangover for the Rams after the game against the Bucs, and that was an advantageous position for the Cardinals. Um, But they've answered all my questions that I had asked of them, um, which was, would Cliff Kingsbury finally take Kyler Murray to that absolutely elite tier? Check mark. Yes, absolutely, it's already happened. Um, Defensively, with the addition of a J.J. Watt um, and and another year for, for Simmons to kind of develop into what he was supposed to be coming out of Clemson, check, check. I mean, they've... Checked every single box of every question that I had of them, um, and at the end of the day, it's a game driven by quarterbacks, and they have one that is probably the MVP leader right now, uh, or along with Josh Allen um, and Justin Herbert. Again, it's going to be those three that we keep. Tom mentioning. Brady, um, <laughs> Tom Brady, too. Tom Brady, too. He's having, a, you know, he's he's had a pretty nice career. He's having a pretty nice season, but it's just um, not fair. Now they've got him as an MVP candidate plus everything else. Nobody talks about their running back tandem with Connor and Edmonds. They've been really strong as well. I was going to say. They're a complete team. And for all the talk about the the weapons the Chiefs have, there's this aura about them, right? And like you said before, really outside of Kelsey and Hill, it's not that strong. You go down the list right now for the Cardinals, and they are loaded. They're absolutely loaded.
0: You got to give the front office, John Kime, so much credit. You talk about the additions of Watt and Chase and James Connor, A.J. Green's another one at receiver. You get Rondell Moore in the draft. There's just a well-rounded offense. Like Hopkins can be your possession receiver and your deep threat. A.J. Green can work the sidelines. Moore and Kirk work the middle of the field, and they're quick and fast. Connor and Edmonds are a good complement. You got Kyler running the show. And then, you know, the Cardinals score points, and they got this attacking defense with Watt and Chandler Jones that can get after the quarterback. And Buda Baker that can get interceptions and – they're rolling right now. I still think Tampa Bay is the best team. Their defense worries me a lot, especially the secondary. they got to get healthy. But, again, if, if it's a playoff game, and even if the game's in Arizona, and it's Tampa Bay versus Arizona, I'm just not quite ready to say that Arizona would win that game. Or on the flip side, if you're like, if it's Buffalo versus so-and-so, who's winning this game in the playoffs, I'm taking Buffalo. Oh yeah.
1: yeah, There's there's not a team right now in the league that I would take over Buffalo. I think they're uh, NFC or AFC. They're number one for me right now. I put them ahead of the Cardinals. Put them ahead of the Bucks. Um, they are the, the class right now in the NFL. Um, and again, it's they haven't they've developed an offense that is that is about as potent as the Bucks, as the Chiefs, as any team you'd like to put them up against. And they have the best defense. That is not a question at the moment. They had a soft schedule, which they benefited from uh, it, in terms of a couple of shutouts against uh, the Texans and against the Dolphins, um, but they've given up 64 points. The next closest team at 76 is the Broncos. Uh, and then after that, it's 87, the Panthers. So they've given up only 64 points. They've scored 172, which is also the top of the league, two points better than the Cowboys. And uh, 25 points better than the Cardinals. They are the most points scored. Fewest points given up. How they lost to the Steelers week one blows my mind. Especially seeing what has become of the Steelers. Yeah, Uh, but they they are right now. Again, there there is a tier right now of the Bills, Cardinals of the Bucks, and then after that, I ask some questions. But those three are the three best teams in football.
0: So we got a pretty good slate before we get into some hockey. It's opening night tonight. I know you're excited to give a few takes on that. Good slate next week. A lot of big games, 4-1 Chargers at 4-1 Ravens, 5-0 Arizona, 3-2 Cleveland. Dallas at New England could be an interesting game. Can Belichick slow down that offense? Monday night, good matchup. Buffalo at Tennessee. Which one would you say as of right now are you most looking forward to?
1: Um, that's a good question. I'm really looking forward to the ravens Chargers game. Um, really looking forward to Cardinals Browns. I think the uh, that's Browns, my yeah. I mean, I ravens is obviously the yeah, game. Yeah, right, right. Uh, the Browns are, are sneaky Super Bowl contenders, and they showed that going toe to toe on the road against the Chargers. Um, it wouldn't stun me if that was the AFC title game. Again, Bills. I have everything in the basket of the Bills, but like depending on how the matchups shake out, if the Cardinals happen to play the, I'm pardon me, if the Chargers happen happen to play the Bills. Um, you know, again, those teams are all gonna be within a game of each other. So it depends who seeds where and who plays when and where. It wouldn't stun me if the Browns got through. And this is a big test for them against the Cardinals. Um those are really the only two that I think are are the the best of the best. There's a couple other ones that have a lot of intrigue, but those are certainly the two best games of the week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Those, those are the games that I was thinking when I asked the question. Joe, it's your time now. It's hockey time. Hey, hey right? before
1: we get there, just wanted to touch on, uh, like we said before with college football, uh, since it's only a Tuesday, too soon to give our best bets. What are a couple on the board that you are um, that you are looking at this week? It's tight. I, I was looking through. I think uh, in, unless things have changed, when I looked this afternoon, um, seven of the games were within a three-point spread. Uh, or Some of them have gone, I've seen, out of four, but it's really tight this week.
0: A lot of close games. Um, oh man, I, I love the board last week. This week, there really aren't too many games that jump out. I like, I like Detroit, plus three against Cincinnati. Bros got that throat contusion, and, uh, or three and a half now. I love it even more with that hook. You look at the Bengals against the NFC North this season. They beat Minnesota by three. They lost to the Packers by three. All they've done against NFC North teams is play three-point games. If they do that against the Lions, win or lose, the Lions are a winner. Um, and Dan Campbell showing that emotion as a player, yeah. you just think they're going to play hard for that dude. And they're getting so close. They're right there. And I think this is this is their week that they get a win. So they caught my eyes. It's It's tough not to like Kansas City. They're literally in the exact same spot that they were two weeks ago. Home loss. Going on the road, playing an NFC East team with a bad defense, Uh boy, Washington. I, I would be shocked if they don't give up. If they don't give up less than thirty-five, Mahomes, especially if Hill plays, love Kansas City. That'll likely be a bet for me. I like the Browns at home, especially minus two and a half. I think a love lot of the people, Browns.
1: Browns are my favorite pick of the week.
0: A lot of people are going to see Arizona five and zero, oh, and they're going to be like undefeated team. They're underdogs at home but there's a reason I got to fly across the country. The Browns with that running game Um, and the Browns strike me now that they have, they're in the right direction. They have good leadership that that loss against the chargers is going to bring them closer together. Mm -hmm. They know they have to have a quick turnaround focus on a good Arizona team. I like the Browns at home. And then I always look for a game, a matchup that where the spread correlates to the over under And uh, I think another possible upset special is New England against Dallas. This game reminds me a lot of Tampa Bay and Dallas going on the road to New England, Belichick trying to stop that high-powered offense. Um, So I like New England, and I like the under. New England's offense isn't very good. They don't score more than 24 in a game. So uh, to me, that's going to be a 24-20 kind of game-ish. So if I'm looking for upset specials, I think the Lions – the Patriots could be two teams. Um, Seattle could be another interesting one. I know they don't have Russ, but Pete Carroll has ability with that team when they go to the Eastern time zone. And uh, coming off a home loss, I love betting against NFL teams when they come on home losses and go to the road. There's just a little sharper focus. They played on a Thursday, so they had more prep for Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh won, so I feel like a lot of people will be like, "Oh, the Steelers won. Maybe they're back on track a little bit." They'll see the Geno's starting, but uh, I think Seattle will have something for them. So I think we agree.
1: We stuff. agree on a good bit of those. All the ones you mentioned are ones that I'm also considering. Um, except for that one, I'm 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 actually big on the Steelers this week, just because I can't bring myself, as a Jets fan who's seen him <laughs> up close and in person, to to pick Geno Smith on the road in prime time against that defense, not doing it. And as long as, as long as that spread is under five, I'm hitting the Steelers in that game. Um, The other one, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is probably where you start saying, maybe you're a degenerate. Um, The Jags, Jaguars. Well, it's a London game. I was looking at it, of course. The Jaguars in London, the Dolphins also suck. Yeah, they do. Uh, I also find it hilarious that two teams that play in the same state are going to england to play a game um but the jags the pj the writing is on the wall the jokes write themselves i think the universe might bless us the jags are going to win on sunday the jags are going to lose the rest of the year (laughs) so the jags will have only still in the last two seasons post week one last year when they beat the colts they will have only won one game, and it will not have even been in the United States. Um, they will have been, that's... they would have been fifteen straight losses, and then sixteen straight losses in the United States. They will be zero and thirty-one in the U.S., but that one win in the middle in England, the jokes write themselves for that one. I, I think the universe will bless us. I like them this week. Still no two for the Dolphins. It seems um, also weird quirk. I don't know if they asked for this or if the league really just, I mean kind of gave the Dolphins the finger they're the first team in NFL history to not have a bye after coming back from London they play the Falcons next week who are coming off of a bye because they were just in London so a little advanced planning here see when if and when that look ahead line comes out for Dolphins Falcons I am hammering the Falcons next week That's because great... again the Dolphins are coming back from England and the Falcons are coming off of a bye. that has to be the biggest disparity in terms of rest versus no rest in, in NFL history, again, coming from England, first team ever to not have a bye after an England game, going up against a team coming off a of bye week. That's brutal. Um, soon as that look at headline comes out, jumping on it.
0: I'm sold. That That's that's a great point. Um, Stinkiest line of the week might be Ravens minus
1: three against the Chargers. Yeah, I think I like this should Chargers. be a pick them. Chargers outright for me. I, um, that's what I'm
0: saying. I, I think the Chargers like, are better. Like you I can't said, believe the, like you can't said, the believe Ravens, the Ravens could, are favored.
1: Yeah, like you said, the Ravens could very easily be one and four. Um, very easily be one and four. Uh, and to, to see them as three point favorites against the Chargers blew my mind.
0: One more quick one. Texans plus nine and a half plus 10 against Indy. Do you really want to lay 10 with Carson Wentz? That's all
1: I'm going to say about that game. So I don't we'll want to see, lay 10 with him, but I'm thinking about him in Survivor. Colts <laughs>
0: um, and the Vikings are the two teams. I, that I am terrified of
1: in the one that we're in, by the way, are you still alive in that or are you have a loss yet? I have, I have a lot. Okay. I still, I'm, I'm still one of the 25 or 30 that are still without a loss. Yeah. Uh, I have the Rams this week in that one. I'm set there, but there's another one where I've already taken the Rams uh, and I need another option. I don't want to burn the chiefs. Cause the chiefs, I don't remember who they play but they have a take brutally them now. Easy game and they have a brutally easy game in two weeks. Let me pull that up real quick. Um, they play the Jags Chiefs schedule. The chiefs are home against the giants in two weeks. Um, and the Cardinals next week, um, after the Browns game, uh, the Cardinals the following week are home against the Texans. So I have it set up nicely with Cardinals and Chiefs back-to-back weeks. But I might burn the Chiefs this week. I'm not sure. I'll have to look ahead to see what the other games are that week where the Chiefs are home against the Giants. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's some discussion to be had because 10 is a lot. I, and, again, you are not picking with the spread and Survivor but I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a team that right now seems to be finding ways to lose the Colts kind of like the Chargers were in the past where the talent's there, but they're just finding and inventing ways to lose.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'd be holding my nose, taking the Colts, but we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah. All right, Joe, quick hockey. The season starts tonight. We got our first look at the Seattle crack and I'm fired up about that. Um, the NHL is just it's the most competitive sports league you look Absolutely. at how many teams are going to miss the playoffs this year that are so good and it's just ridiculous before we get into each kind of uh division and going by it real quick I'll, I'll ask you um outside uh I'll say should Tampa be the favorites in your eyes again at three-peat
1: no no, I think uh, there's a reason that nobody's done that since the Islanders in the early 80s when the Islanders won four in a row back then. Um, it's hard enough to win two in a row. They, the first one, not to discredit it, but like it was also not in normal circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, the Penguins did it at the beginning of the, the millennium, and they did it a few years back. Outside of that, it doesn't happen often, and, and for good reason. Um, I would say... To, to consider them a favorite would be wrong. The Avalanche and the Golden Knights are the two best teams uh, who should be the two favorites. In the East, um, the team I like is the Islanders. They've been right there on the precipice the last two years and lost to the Lightning in the conference final. And both times the Lightning went on to uh, fare pretty easily in the cup final itself. So the last two years, the de, the de facto Stanley Cup final was actually the Eastern Conference final. And I, my pick is actually that the Islanders get over the hump and, um, and win the East this year. So um, don't think it's – again, the Lightning are just supremely talented. It's just a lot. It is a lot to try and do a third time.
0: Metropolitan's the best division in hockey. Only four teams can make it. You think about six will be in the mix. Carolina, Washington, Pittsburgh, Philly, New York, and both New York teams. Who are the two that you think miss out on the postseason? Um,
1: two wait, sorry, say that again. How you figure two?
0: Two, well, because you'll have four from the metro and the Atlantic, so you have your six, your two New York teams, Philly, Pittsburgh, Washington, Carolina. So you would have four from the metro, wouldn't you? that make the playoffs, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at that. Now. I see, I'm there. Um, Islanders, I have number one, I have the Caps, two, I'm sorry, I have the Canes, two, the Caps, three, and then. The wild card, I would say, is the Rangers, and I I don't think there's a fifth from that division. Uh, don't trust the Flyers. Don't really like them. Blue Jackets and Devils, forget about them. Uh, and I think the Penguins have too much too much injury to Injuries. overcome, and yeah. they're just not they're not as deep as a team as they were. I, I think they're very mispriced right now in the Metro Division. Three to one, the Islanders are to win it. Four uh, plus four forty, the the Penguins. Then it's the Canes, Caps, Rangers. Um, uh, so I don't I think the Penguins fall out uh, if you could find odds anywhere on a team to miss the playoffs the odds are pretty decent on the, on the Penguins there uh, we could probably get a good number and I, th- I think they missed the playoffs so uh, for me I look at that as the Islanders then the Canes then the Caps then the Rangers as a wild card as well I look at that
0: who do you think has the best chance of being last year's Florida Panthers of the entire NHL who's the team that could sneak up and be really good this season can I say the Florida
1: Panthers Again, because I, I mean, think, I think a lot of people I, are
0: expecting them to be pretty good.
1: I think people are expecting them to be better, but I don't think people are expecting them to be like top notch, top notch. Um, if I were to go further down the list here, uh, as I'm looking at the the Stanley Cup odds in front of me, let me see. This is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteenth. The Edmonton Oilers. That's middle of the pack in the league, and they started to to kind of flex their muscles last year offensively, and they improved slightly defensively. Um, so based on the Stanley Cup odds, a team that's 15th, uh, I think they could sneak up. The Chicago Blackhawks made some big moves. Got Seth Jones, got Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, they also got Tyler Johnson. They're 17th in Cup odds. I think they can make the playoffs and be pretty strong. I think the Kraken are still going to be good. They're not going to – people have a, a, a bar in their minds – it's way too high for the Kraken because of obviously what the, the the golden Knights make in the cup. Um, they're not making the cup, the Kraken. I think they make playoffs. I think they have a good enough team. They're going to be one of the best defensive teams in the league. I don't know where the goals are going to come from, but they're going to be one of the best defensive teams in the league. And they got Philip Grubauer from the Avalanche, who's one of the top goalies the last couple of years. They're going to be good. They're going to be really good um, and, and a tough team to beat excited to see hockey in Seattle. Uh, but outside of that, Canadians, I don't think they have another run in them like they did last year. Just looking at teams kind of in that chunk right there from like maybe 12th best odds at the cup to like 20th. Nobody else really stands out. Just the Blackhawks, Kraken, and the Oilers are are in that range. And uh, all right, so playoffs, who do you think beats in the cup and
0: who's taking it home?
1: All right, so I haven't gotten all the way through to make it a cup pick yet. Um, And like I said, in the Metro, I got the Isles one, Canes two, Caps three. Atlantic, I have the Leafs one, Bruins two, Lightning three. And then the Eastern wildcard teams, Panthers first Wild Card, Rangers second Wild wildcard. Um, whatever the matchups end up being, I think the Islanders get through. I think, again, this is, I think, the year for them. I think they're ready. I think Barry mm-hmm. Trotz takes them again to the conference final. And I think they finally do get over the hump. Um, and then in the, in the Pacific division, the Knights, certainly the top there central abs certainly the top there they're on a collision course to meet in the conference final um and i i think i have to lean towards the avalanche it's a team that should have made it last year they were upset um they didn't see that upset coming the way it did and i I think nathan mckinnon kind of wills them to where they gotta go um isles abs is what i go with and it's hard to pick against the abs i hate to go chalk because they are the, the best team they are the favorite yeah. They're the favorite for a reason. And just in the NHL, I hate, you know, I hate trying to get cute with a pick for the cup, especially before the season. Maybe you could try to get cute with a team. Like when people were picking the blues a couple of years ago and the blues went ahead and won it. Cause they were hot. You could get cute with a pick who's going to be a two or a three seed before the playoffs start, but it's tough to get cute with a pick before the season starts just because you don't know who's going to be where the blues were in last place in January that year and won the cup. I mean, you, you look at the Panthers last year, look at the, uh, the Canadians last year, the Canadians were a popular pick to make it pretty far just the way they were playing. But you wouldn't have said that before the year, you would have said that right before the playoffs. So it's tough to make a cute pick before the season. Um, so I'll I'll say the avalanche, but I do really like the Islanders and I'll say this, if you want value, um, the Islanders right now are are priced probably fairly at plus three thirty to, to win the division. They start the season with 13 games on the road as their new arena gets, fine, uh, get, gets the finishing touches. So if they start off slow, which is a very good possibility with 13 on the road, that number's going to change. And they're going to come down the stretch with 10 home games in December, 10 home games in January, and I believe it was 13 home games in March. Mm-hmm. So if, you maybe, if you're thinking you maybe want to bet 50 bucks on the aisles, um, whether to win the division or, or to win the cup, they're 25 on it now, just so you have something wait 13 games to see if they're maybe five and eight six and seven or something like that and and that number grows and gets better and then throw it because the the number is going to be misleading after 13 games just because they're all on the road and then they're going to be loaded with home games after that so that's something to watch out for uh to, to get some value
0: yeah i like that all right very nice uh joe before we wrap up The episode, we end it like we always do with some uh, trivia. Best bets, obviously, we'll post on Twitter later in the week. Too early to post all that. Um, Standings: there are? You are 17 and 13 in best bets. You have 51 points. I am 16 and 14 with 50 points.
1: Close. Very close. Very
0: close. Uh, And speaking of close and trivia, we're both tied up at 24. Love it. So, here we go. I like my question a lot for you this week. So, I will give it to you first. It's a college football question. Okay. You got 11 choices. Jesus. But (laughs) I'm only 11 possible options. But you have to give me seven. All right. So, this week, um, Jimbo Fisher was the 12th SEC coach to defeat Nick Saban. I need you to tell me the other 11. Can you give me seven of the other 11 SEC coaches that have beat him? Mind you, this is from Bama and LSU.
1: So all right, let's see what you can do. Go ahead. All right. So right now I can already tell you, obviously the first assistant to beat him was Jimbo Fisher. So throw Kirby Smart out, throw a couple others out. Um, going back to LSU, let me pull Phil Fulmer here. Did he beat him over there?
0: Fulmer is not on the list now.
1: Interesting. Um, also going way back to the LSU days, if it gives me a second strike, so be it. Uh, did Mark Richt ever beat him? He did. Okay, There's one.
0: Rick is won.
1: There's one. Urban Meyer's done it.
0: He has. That's two.
1: Um, who was coaching a and when Manziel won? Is it Kevin Sumlin? Three. Kevin Sullivan okay. is correct. You got 45 seconds left. Okay. Hugh um, Freeze at Ole Miss during that game? That is four. You need okay. three more. You got 40 seconds. Okay. Um, Coach O's done it? That is five. You need two more. Gus Malzahn. Six. One more. Ah. Goodness. Less Miles. Well done, you got yeah, seven go. with 20 seconds
0: to spare. <laughs> so the one that I knew you would not get is Sylvester Chrome. He was the coach. Oh, my God. Minnesota. No way. So he was out the door. The other three uh, I thought maybe you had a chance at. So Steve Spurrier, when he was at South Carolina. took. I, you might, outside. Have I uh, might have gotten there. Uh, and then you missed two Auburn coaches. Gene Chizik with the cam back. Went oh, up yeah. and down 24-0. And then Tommy Tuberville, another Auburn coach.
1: Don't think I would have gotten Tuberville. Uh, Chiswick was probably the next guy I was going to say uh, if for whatever reason, Les Miles was wrong, but I knew Les Miles was going to be right.
0: So well done. You got, you got all those guys. That was good. You have 25. now.
1: All right. Uh, I like mine for you. I, I've, I've gone back and forth on what the proper number is to ask you for this question. I settled on four. Hope it's not too easy. Hope it's not too hard. I, I really don't know which way you're going to take this one. Um, Kyler Murray, among the favorites to win the MVP. If he did so, he'd be the eighth player ever to win Heisman and MVP. Only seven have done it so far. I want four of them.
0: Who have won MVP and the Heisman.
1: Correct. Um, Lamar is one. Of course.
0: Cam is one. Of course.
1: This is where it got trickier, but I I thought you could get – at least two more so I left it at four of the seven
0: all right not RG3 not Burrow no I'll tell you
1: this so you stop save yourself some time nobody else did it before the turn of the millennium okay
0: oh but um, they're big
1: names like you know right. who they are it's just a matter if you pull them or not
0: Did. oh my god what's the running back's name at Georgia I can see his face. Did Herschel Walker, everyone MVP. I'll go Herschel
1: Walker. Strike one. Mm. You're thirty five seconds in. Uh, what quarterbacks?
0: Spurrier never won MVP. Doug Flutie never won MVP. Archie Griffin never won MVP. Um, good question
1: uh 25 seconds roger Staubach. no he was a good that that was one that i thought of too when i was thinking of this question as i thought about it but he's not um john elway no mm. um it was tough it was it was not gonna be easy I, yeah I, I thought because they're big names, that's why I settled on four. So Lamar and Cam, I knew were two gimmies. So it was mostly a matter of could you get two of the other five.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: O.J., mm. Earl Campbell, Barry Sanders, Marcus Allen. I thought you might be able to get two of those four guys, mainly O.J. and Barry Sanders. Um, and then the last one is Paul Hornan going way back to the Packers that won Super Bowl one and two. So,
0: Man, you know, Marcus Allen and Barry I thought about. Barry, yeah. I just didn't know if he had won – i did not all the heisman
1: house commercials. yeah that 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 was that was the reason See, why i, I didn't
0: think barry. heisman house commercials until right now and that yeah, was my mistake yeah so I, well OJ,
1: I i mean look it's oj you know yeah yeah We'll we'll leave everything else <laughs> on oj alone but like as a football <laughs> player um i thought you were gonna pull oj and and i thought because of the commercials actually you would pull barry sanders at least um but hey you know well done uh, yeah that uh, was that hey, was good that was a anybody good question. who still wants to give us some crap for missing some trivia questions uh it's it's a lot tougher when you're on the spot it's it's a lot tougher just uh just think about that, that. was good <laughs> you know
0: and i was thinking like maybe it is running backs i'm so quarterback heavy but well done that was good very good question um yeah kyler i mean we'll see if cardinals keep winning he's probably gonna win mvp
1: hey they were uh the first four games they didn't obviously keep up that streak against the niners but First four games, they had at least 30 points and at least 400 yards in all four games. That's only ever happened four other times in NFL history. All four times that team made the Super Bowl. And actually all four times that team lost the Super Bowl, which is even quirkier uh, for all four to get there but lose. Uh, But all four teams previously that have had 30 points or more and 400 yards or more in the first four games made it to and lost the Super Bowl.
0: Wild. Well, Joe, this was fun. It's been a while since we've done this. (laughs) Yeah, we
1: had – Last week turned into an impromptu bye week. We set a time to record. Neither of us ever texted the other. We both had a busy week. And you know what? It was one of those where it probably was better left alone as an impromptu bye week. Yeah. Before that was a planned bye week with your move. Yeah. So we, we were away for two weeks, um, but we're back. And
0: back running. Uh, we Hopefully, we talk- can get a,
1: a guest here soon. Everybody's yeah. obviously, October is one of the best sports months. Of oh, yeah. Year, so, yeah, this is, this is right now. We're getting set. Everybody's preparing to begin hockey or basketball season everybody's wrapping up baseball season and the NFL's in full swing and college football's in full swing. This is, this is the, uh, the Zodiac here where everything is, is that the word? No, I'm sorry. The Equinox, the Equinox, right? Where everything right. is, uh, uh, I was, it was a, a space phrase me. That was close enough. <laughs> um, but, uh, this is, yeah, this is where we're there and it's tough. But, uh, you know what? We're good with just the two of us. So <laughs> it was just the two of us.
0: Well, episode 63 in the books. We'll be back next week for 64. We'll see you then.